to the second podcast of uh, Azure Talks. I'm here with uh, Joey Hofstede, Design Authority on Azure from Segeka. Hello, Hello, Joey. Hello, nice to be here. I'm here with Koos Gosens, Security Consultant at Wortel. Hi, Rolf. Nice Hello. to be here. And Maarten Goed, Chief Ninja Cat or Chief Nerd, as you called yourself just a minute ago. Um, <laughs> Maarten Goed, Cyber Security Director at Wortel. Welcome. Good to see you again, Rolf. And we're here in Seattle at Microsoft Ignite. How is the experience uh, at this moment for Microsoft Ignite, uh, Joey? Oh, how do you say that? It's a very different setup if you look at the previous Ignites. But for now, it's it's okay. I was very uh, honored and pleased to hear the, the keynote from Satya. But the rest, it's, yeah, pick and choose, different setup. Yeah, have to, still have to cope with that. Well, yeah, so um, to elaborate a little on security later, but it was quite obvious that Satya did talk about security, about the six pillars of security, which is Entra, Purview, Priva, uh, some more stuff uh, in there. Just calling three of six of them because I don't want to address all the topics because we have nothing to, to talk about later. But uh, any interesting stuff on the security side, goes. Definitely. Uh, security is a big topic, obviously, for Microsoft uh, last years. So it's great to see new announcements, uh, like Defender for uh, uh, DevOps was an interesting uh, for me personally. And also, obviously, improvements in endpoint uh, security, like uh, endpoint privilege management was an interesting uh, mm -hmm. feature, I think. And uh, Defender for Smart Screen saw some nice demos on that. So it's great that they, that, that they improve further on uh, and, and also outside uh, st uh, standard IT, uh, they're also now incorporating OT environments with Defender for OT and incorporating that to Sentinel. So that's also nice. Yeah. Good thing security wise. Yeah. And uh, another topic that is around Ignite this year is the Microsoft Cloud for Industries. So I know you had an uh, Ask the Expert meetings, uh, uh, Maarten, about uh, multi-environment, multi-cloud. So obviously Microsoft Cloud for Industries will be incorporated within that that, that kind of topics. Um, using the uh, announcement that Microsoft did here at Ignite, the Microsoft security portfolio is growing, obviously, and Microsoft is kind of going towards doing more with less. How does that go for security? Can we go with less security? Well, I, I'm not sure if they mean doing less security. I think the challenge we're seeing in the cyber security world is that um, we don't have enough people to respond to all of the threats that are coming at us and at all of the companies. And uh, that's not new. It's been around, of course, since the beginning and many other industries have the same problem. But the shortage is really there in cyber. And you see it in understaffed uh, security operation centers or maybe professionals that need to govern that environment but don't have the time because of all of the running tasks they're doing. So I think how they're trying to tell us is we need to do it differently and make sure that we use the technology to our advantage to make sure that we don't only need to add people to the equation. And one of the investments I guess Microsoft is doing for already a couple of years and, and to my uh, view is doing very uh, successfully is that uh, investing both in automation, so making sure that we do uh, repetitive work, not by humans, but by computers. And secondly, invest in machine learning or AI, as they're calling it, 
making sure that we try and figure out like the outliers in certain data or whatever that triggers then an alert instead of trying to view a thousand alerts and trying to find the needle in the haystack. So to me, looking at such as Keynote, uh, the doing more with less was really about how do we take technology to our advantage and still be very, very secure to the future. So what you're actually saying is that it's also, it could be a problem solving thing about the talent on war, of the war on talent. Um, so not upscaling only people, but using technology to leverage doing more with the same or with less. Yes, because technology is everywhere. Every part of our life is technology and it's only becoming more and more. Um, we're still with a lot of humans on this earth, but uh, looking at our economies, both in the Netherlands, but here in the US and around the world, shortages are everywhere. Uh, and certainly with uh, like yeah, people retiring and new workforce coming in, make sure we do things efficiently, make sure we use technology to our advantage. So I think um, investing in things like automation and machine learning are very important. And it's not only security, I find it very interesting in the keynote that it's everywhere. Mm -hmm. Like from, from, I don't know, Microsoft Designer building like uh, new pictures with Dolly. Nice uh, demos. Those yeah. were nice demos, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. And Definitely. I think ML and AI is everywhere, isn't yeah. it? I was also amazed about uh, Copilot features uh, on GitHub, where with natural language you can construct pieces of code, mm -hmm. uh, or that uh, code is automatically completed. So if you start a certain loop, a Visual Studio can complete that loop before for you. It's also uh, it saves a lot of time. Obviously, it's amazing to see those examples. So I guess we're all excited that we're going to try and implement these kind of stuff uh, back when we are back in the Netherlands. Of course. Obviously in the Netherlands, we are competitors with each other, but in the community, we are all friends. Um, sure. Uh, do you see any use cases for things that you have seen here today or that you have seen yesterday? Obviously, the Defender for Endpoint stuff uh, will definitely going to use that. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a big topic. And um, uh, I'm personally more... Uh, 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 more working with the Sentinel product specifically. So where Marta mentioned automation is a big factor in that. I will continue doing that, of course. Uh, there weren't any very big announcements around Sentinel for now, but uh, I know there's some other stuff coming from that pipeline in the future. But uh, yeah, of course, uh, leverage uh, making it even more secure. Oh, and, and interesting about Ignite and Joey said already, like everybody's trying to figure out how does this new format work? How does the hybrid format work? But yeah. also traditionally, and, and we're starting to sound very old, I, I get you, but uh, <laughs> 10 years ago or so, Ignite or TechEd or IT Forum or what have you were conferences where Microsoft deliberately waited for to announce products or services that were coming out in the near future. And today it's really, it is a marker in the yeah. year where everybody's living towards where they're bundling news, but that news might be something from the past weeks it might be something from yeah. today, or it might be announcements coming in the future. And I think some of these things even are already available as a private preview or a technology yeah, preview. And so it's not like I didn't go to Ignite to say, okay, I'll watch all these announcements and then figure out next week what to do with them. Uh, to me, it's really bundling the news and making sure we already understand what they're working towards. And then, yeah, through all of the other means that you have as an MVP or a customer connection program or private previews, I think you've already seen a bit of it, but uh, yeah, trying to figure out what to do with it. That was a lot. If you look at the mics of Booker News, yeah. that was a lot this week, wasn't it, Joey? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
But sometimes it's also a celebration, perhaps, that something from Preview is now general available as of Ignite. Mm -hmm. And we all know that uh, customers of ours uh, sometimes are a little bit hesitant on using the private preview or the public preview features. And now they can finally embrace that and uh, move forward with it now that they also get support on those, of course. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Uh, all right, no big announcements on Sentinel. Talk security here. Joe, you're more of an infrastructure and uh, <laughs> platform kind of guy. We have seen a lot of talks around yeah. Azure Arc and Yes. Um, well, that's like the connection between those worlds, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. Azure Arc, for instance. I met, never thought that in the light of business I do, is that you have old school on-prem data centers. You go to a data center migration pro uh, program with, my, with Microsoft. And you migrate all the stuff to, to Azure. Yeah. And go with the flow with all the, I call it the framework of Microsoft. They, they make your work more fun than the old days. So now I work at Segeka. I don't have anything to do with on-prem environments. There's a but, Azure Arc. And I can see that my colleagues at Segeka are having troubles coping with the mindset of Azure. Every, the management plane is Azure. So you have the old school and the, and the modern world. We have a big challenge with Segeka, trying to connect those worlds together with Azure Arc. So that's a, something with, they repeated this message the last couple of months, Azure Arc, Azure Arc. So but it's amazing, right, that you see it extend even more. So now that you can not only apply policies uh, via Arc from the Azure cloud to yeah. your on-prem service, but also do guest configuration yeah. and, and make certain changes so that you control everything from out of Azure. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah I think that's the next and step. And I think that if, I, if you look closely at what they're, what they're saying through all of these months, it's really where Microsoft decided almost like this will be our conduit for the future. Yeah, like, wake up call. <laughs> yeah, this is like Azure Arc will be our highway through yeah. which we will work with all sorts of other places outside of public Azure. And, um, and they're pushing for it because if you look at the new Microsoft Defender for servers, it's not going to be a separate agent anymore going forward. They will leverage Azure Arc. You will be deploying some form of Azure Arc to make sure you get Defender for servers. And through Azure Arc, of course, we can govern more and more. But I think anything from data, infrastructure, security, yeah. manageability will flow through Azure Arc. Uh, and so skill sets also like Kubernetes will become more and more important for people that don't have those skills yet. Because a large part of infrastructure within Azure Arc also relies on Kubernetes and technology around Kubernetes. So I think that if you're now in infrastructure, learn Azure Arc, learn Kubernetes, because those things will be coming at you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so that was an interesting talk that we had yesterday. So we're talking Azure Kubernetes, and obviously today we saw Mark Rikovic talking about Azure Container Instances. Yeah, ACI. Yeah. Um, or like May last year, there's like a taste in between, right? Talking. Container apps. Container apps. And we were just talking earlier this morning about how many flavors Microsoft actually is introducing where more and more management is being done by Microsoft itself. So you see that they are growing from 
um, the infrastructure, they're stepping aside from the infrastructure level. So virtual machines, obviously, they exist and they need to be existent for the upcoming years. Uh, containerization is the future. Uh, and you see that, see that all those management planes and management levels more and more is going towards Microsoft. Um, today in the keynote this morning, we saw that we passed the trillion, trillion, trillion part of uh, uh, security events going through Microsoft each month. Do we think that on a security level, Microsoft will also be doing more and more for their customers and their partners? Is that something that will always remain a responsibility of customers and partners itself? Because it's like there is a thin line between where the responsibility lies talking about security, right? Yeah, I think it's a shared responsibility and it, it depends on what level you look at it. For example, the virtual machines. Uh, and I think Microsoft has uh, extensive documentation about this as well, where the, 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 the lines, where they draw the line about responsibility. If you enable a virtual machine with a public IP on the internet with public facing RDP, <laughs> you should take better care of that if your machine is hacked, obviously. Um, but yeah, to come back to your, your previous point, the intelligence they gather from all those uh, events, uh, is it from the Azure portal or uh, Microsoft 365 or even uh, Hotmail, for example, those threat intelligence feeds are now also available to ingest into uh, your Sentinel environments. So you can leverage from their experience and their insights that way. And it's interesting because Coz and I were fortunate enough to visit the Microsoft Threat Intelligence Center on Monday here in Redmond on their campus. And those are interesting teams. They are really big teams working with their core platforms like Azure 365 and what have you to, like you said, process a large number of signals and try and make sense of all of mm -hmm. that. But the curated feed, like Co said, will be available to you. Some Sometimes seamless, it will just pop up and tell you in your, I don't know, Outlook that something was blocked because a defender for Office actually already blocked it or like in Sentinel, if you want to work with that data and build your own use cases. But having that feed is actually quite impressive because it used to be in the past that you'd call up like commercial companies, pay a lot of money, and I'm talking like hundreds of thousands of euros to get such a feed that they worked on. And now Microsoft, the biggest almost now security company in the world, gives that, uh, well, not for free, you're yeah, paying for Sentinel, for free, you're yeah. paying for the products, but, but it's there, you're not paying extras anyway. Mm -hmm. And I yeah. think that's a good thing, but on what Co said with the shared responsibility. That's an interesting thing because on one hand, they want to make it so that it's built in, that you don't see it, that it blocks and does things before you have to do. Uh, and on the other hand, they give you all of the tools uh, and, and give you a tool belt to make sure that you can do whatever you need to do if you're advanced enough to handle that. Uh, and sometimes we do see customers that, uh, yeah, that can handle that, but often uh, I would hope that Microsoft builds in a lot of stuff into their products and services early without us having to touch it and they will just take care of it and that was actually my personal uh greatest announcement this week was the automatic attack disruption functionality mm -hmm. in microsoft defender for endpoint wow that's a long that's <laughs> yeah, a long, long sentence it's like what acronym is that <laughs> uh, but automatic attack disruption like that is cool because that means that we will be, we will be intervening blocking on the os level when we see a couple of combined signals from the vendor av from the edr engine maybe some custom feeds and it will block it before you have some alert that you need to click block on 
and those things will help they will matter like we've yeah. seen a session from dark this week here uh, the response team that microsoft has mm -hmm. uh, and they were showing like minutes sometime like within two minutes and a hacker would get from initial access to a next step and you don't have the time even in a good working sock you don't have two minutes that's short that's really short so yeah. having these types of uh, automatic uh, security measures they, they mean a lot to our customers i guess yeah. Another example I like to add to that is that they add more tools to the toolbox, but you are still the one who should decide to pick up the tools and, and use them. For example, uh, uh, when you're uh, handling uh, Linux for, uh, VMs in Azure, for example, you're using SSH to SSH into those machines. Yeah. And well, the uh, best practice is to, you, to use a private uh, and public keys instead of passwords, mm -hmm. but that's still a hassle. So you have to manage and transfer keys, uh, implement them into your putty client or what, what other client have you. And it's uh, still old school way, actually. Nothing has changed in the last couple of, well, 10, 20 years on that part. And now they added uh, support to do SSH over the Azure CLI uh, uh, command prompt and through the Azure portal so that you now have RBAC and, and PIM and MFA on the SSH session added on top of that. Yeah. And that's amazing. So though, yeah, but but you're still the one responsible to implement it, of course, and yeah. configure that. And maybe in the future they may make some changes, maybe in the defaults when you create a new Linux VM that it is the standard. You see that happen last couple of years already. But that's uh, I think also a good example of uh, them helping us to make it safer. Yeah, and you see you see those teams growing to each other, right? So uh, what you're telling now is that there are multiple teams working on making it safer from multiple per perspectives, integrating their services into the Azure portal, Azure CLI. Yeah. Um, there's one more thing that I, I would like to bring to the table, Joey. Uh-oh. Confidential computing. Are we excited about confidential computing? And specifically, uh, that's, that's data the in use. Are we excited? What Mark said, in a couple of years, it's just going to be compute. Yeah. Not confidential computing anymore. It's a rather a complex topic still. It still is. But I think that what I'm what I'm figuring out with Microsoft in the last couple of years, they make it much easier for you. It's not plug and plug and play, but it's almost there with Microsoft. So yeah, I cannot give a definite answer on your question about what I think about confidential computing but yeah i'm curious do you see it being used but because confidential compute already existed yeah it is now extended extended feature do you use it do you see that customers uh we have actually we have some customers that are yeah. employed for regulatory compliance or yeah. for, for, for privacy purposes but um not to the extent of data and use that is being encrypted right yeah. so um we were actually talking after that session that must be very CPU intensive to continuously oh, keep encrypting uh, and decrypting those kind of uh, workloads. So yeah, you sure. have data at rest, and then you have data in transit, and then data in use. And um, we're actually well, that, 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 that maybe even better to, to for me to ask a question to you, security guys. So, are there actual use cases out there because you talk security with your customers that? where uh, encryption of data in use is needed. 
Yeah, I, I think, of course, the most obvious answer will be regulated industries. <clears throat> like if you're like in healthcare or government and you're doing PII data, so privacy-related data or personal data, those things quickly and often, of course, need to have protections. Uh, nowadays, often by law even, that something is needed. So those are the obvious use cases. But like Joey said, like as a person, me, myself, having data everywhere, I, I would hope and I would like all of those providers to use that data very in a private way. And, and so I would hope that confidentiality, I'm sorry, uh, will be everywhere in the next 10 years because it, it, it is your data, even if it is maybe just your, I don't know, preference on something, or maybe it's data about not too personal, but still, they could be linked together to profile you and you don't want to have that data on the streets. So I think of course today regulated industries, companies that are, I don't know, on a stock exchange or something that that, that means that they will be hit quite hard by either laws or the public if, uh, if they get breached and they will want to consider confidentiality computing. But uh, computers, one thing, like you said, data and data transport, like they show it in the keynote, like now being able to do secure transport, to do attestations, mm -hmm. uh, those are actually pretty meaningful things. And the analogy that Mark did to TLS 15 years ago yeah. was quite striking. Yeah. Because we had unsecured connections and everyone's like, oh, TLS is complicated and uh, we're not going to do it everywhere. Like, it will be hard pressed to find today to have security or connections yeah. that are unsecured. Mm -hmm. Like, most will be moving towards security and it's almost seamless in, in servers or, or applications or services. So. I'm not too worried. I think it's spot on. Like in the next 10 years, this will become the de facto standard on com uh, compute. Um, but today we still need a skill set. And it'll be interesting to see which vendor, which type of technology uh, becomes most prevalent. Because he talked about NVIDIA, about AMD, the Intel SGX with enclaves. Um, I'm not hoping it will be a war between things that you need to choose like either technology. I'm hoping they will have some sort of, like you said, consortium that open, open uh, standard, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That they will yeah. come up with open standards. Yeah. So Joey, when you're going home, what's the first thing you're going to try or you're going to build, or you're going to inspire your colleagues about? Containers. In general. In general. So it's containerization for you yeah. the next couple of months. Yeah. I still see that used way too less in, in practice. People are still lifting and shifting VMs into the cloud and, and in, in installing new Windows servers and moving applications onto it without thinking about containerization. Sadly, that's, that's true. Uh, that's, that's true. also uh, yeah. my experience, yeah. 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 For me, it's a uh, uh, defender for uh, DevOps mm -hmm. and, and also that li the Linux example I gave earlier. Yeah. I see large corporations uh, still use uh, uh, direct SSH and even direct RDP into servers, although it being stepping stone machines, mm -hmm. it's still not a safe thing to do. And when you use uh, your RBAC controls with PIM and MFA, that's a way safer thing to do. So that's something I'm going to pitch uh, with my customers, definitely. I think uh, some customers will be very happy with that. Yeah, I hope so. Well, it's always a hassle to set it up, and you have people to people have to change. Yeah, that's always uh, a difficult thing to do. But in the end, I think uh, they will be happy, definitely. Yeah. yeah, for me, it's really about the OT side, so the industrial uh, security and the connection that Defender for IoT now has with Microsoft Sentinel, yeah. because we see so many customers that are asking for it. 
And I think if you relate it today to, for instance, the war that's going on in Ukraine, uh, vital infrastructure and protecting vital infrastructure is not something from a distant future. It's something that that has to be done now. And I think Microsoft today has all of the means to do it. Mm. Uh, and I think we're very excited to get that in the hands of some of our customers, make sure they get protections outside of their office network. Uh, so that's something that's quite high on my radar at this point. Yeah, for me, it's uh, something that we learned today uh, within one of the breakout sessions, or the table sessions, actually, is uh, that um, going to uh, the Azure Management Agent, or Azure Arc, it's something that Microsoft will be uh, pushing in about two years that we will have to, uh, we, we will be enforced to update from the Azure Monitor Agent towards the Azure yeah, Management yeah. Agent. The application yeah. of AMA. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but um, there's actually no real reason to start that conversion right now, because Microsoft will automatically help us with going to some towards the other agent. Yeah, I, I see, I, I see some shaking heads here. Uh, yeah, well, tell me, uh, I learned something good today. <laughs> uh, no, you have to. You definitely because it's going end of life. I think already next year. So. Mm. Uh, Sure, you can delay that, but good luck next year when it goes end of life and you still have a lot of machines uh, migrating. So I, my advice is already for, uh, for I think, uh, uh, six months already with customers, don't use MMA anymore unless it's really necessary. Mm -hmm. And up until, well, there are still, to be honest, a couple of features yeah. which are still in preview for AMA. Yeah. But I'm still pushing uh, AMA instead of Those MMA. Sentinel. Yes, yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. Yeah. So for Sentinel and particular cases, we, we can't do uh, without MMA just yet. If we wanted to be general available, everything across the board, so that's true. But uh, still, so your advice, I, I, professional I, I consider MMA legacy already. Okay. okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Is there something you guys want to put out there before we're going to wrap this one up? Uh, well, I would suggest everybody to watch back uh, the session of Mark Rosinovich about the Azure, uh, the Azure infrastructure, how they set up data centers. Mm -hmm. They build 50 to 100 data centers a year, and they're now dipping the motherboards into liquid fluids. It's amazing. You have to really rewatch that. And also the session with uh, Mark and uh, Scott Hanselman was amazing about uh, ZoomIt. So uh, oh, yeah, yeah, programming. Yeah, yeah, two right. fun sessions. Uh, but really uh, entertaining, entertaining to, to, to look at. And obviously, I'm going to uh, ask for approval at Wartel to set up a couple of those Ultron uh, Mega Godzilla Beast uh, VMs as well, because I want to play, play Tetris with... Tetris or Breakout. <laughs> breakout or on the Task Manager, well, yeah. We yeah, have yeah. Chief Ninja Cat here, so we can, call, uh, we, we, yeah. we can put it on camera <laughs> if he says yes or no. But uh, no, I will not do that to you. Uh, yeah. I think, yeah. No, I think, like I said, everything, and that's the beauty of a hybrid conference. You can, you can view all of the content afterwards, so do, do go ahead. And I think maybe just a plug, if you want to get uh, connected over the next year with, with Microsoft Security uh, in the Netherlands, there's a wonderful meetup I do every month where people can come for free. We have wonderful speakers. Uh, so, so if you do want to continue on some of this fun, also consider, uh, of course, subscribing to your podcast, but then doing a meetup if you want to do an in-person one. Joey? I'm going along with Coach. You have to watch the presentation of uh, Mark about uh, the Azure announcement. That was really awesome. Yeah. And I guess we will uh, wrap it up uh, being inspired about Ignite. Uh, thank you guys so much for uh, joining uh, this podcast today. Thanks for having thank us. Thank you, Rolf. And um, 
help. Hope to, to see you guys uh, in the future. See you soon. Have a safe flight home. Cheers. <laughs>